Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov slash careers. Blog Talk Radio. Hey, welcome to Bucko Booth. <clears throat> Excuse me, my name is Benson Factor, and I'll be the host on the show today. <clears throat> um, so let's break down the week real quick uh, in Pirates baseball. So going back to Saturday, the Pirates had a win against Miami Marlins on that rainy afternoon uh, with I believe it was Hurricane Gordon at the time. Rain's pouring down. Uh, they won the game and swept the Marlins in that series because the Sunday game was postponed and rescheduled to October 1st, uh, which ironically, even if the Pirates do not make the playoffs this season, we will have Bucktober in Pittsburgh. Uh, so that was kind of a comic relief for the Pirates faithful. Uh, let me get into the Cardinals series. A lot of everything's pretty much riding on the series, and game one, they should have won. They were up 4 nothing. They were up 6-4, to four, and we blew it. <laughs> it's just as simple as that. The game was completely blown, and they lost, and they lost handily in game two uh, due to obvious inexperience. And uh, game three, they came out to win. And then last night against the Milwaukee Brewers, get down 3 nothing early, fight back, claw back, make it 3-3, three to three, and then Archer just hasn't been himself yet. Pirates lose last night 7-4. to four. So a bit of a rough week in Pirates baseball as they go two and three. So not, not that bad, but clearly not that good. Um, they're going to need to improve if, A, they want to finish the season of 500 or better, and, B, a miracle to make the playoffs. So that's a little breakdown. Let's get into our weekly awards. My player of the week goes to Josh Bell. <clears throat> About 444 this week. Eight for 18 with a home run and two RBIs. That home run came on Saturday against the Marlins. Uh, it seems as if he's starting to find his power, but last night he did not look very good at the plate. Uh, we need Josh Bell to be the power hitter, both for the rest of the season, and especially going into the next season. Um, we need him to be that 20-plus home run hitter he can be, that he proved to be in his rookie season. Uh, because that's just what we need out of that first base position, because as we talked about last year, there has been a significant power outage in Pittsburgh yet again, and the Pirates plan to be contenders one day. They're going to need to figure out the power because, honestly, the, if you see the contenders today, they have the power bats. Pirates need to find power bats. It could come in internally. It could very well come internally with guys like Josh Bell, Corey Dickerson, Colin Moran. But it's going to need to be found somewhere, and that's going. we're going to definitely talk about that more as the season comes to an end and we start to focus more on 2019. Pitcher of the week goes to Richard Rodriguez. <clears throat> Pitched one inning this week in one game. Uh, no hits, no runs, striking out two. He's been fantastic this season. One of the greatest finds, I think, in Pirates waiver history. I mean, the dude is special. He was DF8 in September with the Baltimore Orioles last year. They just threw him away, and he was on the scrap heap, and Neil Huntington saw what we have in him, and he went out there, and he got Richard Rodriguez, who is going to be a valuable piece of that bullpen for years to come, and it's been a fantastic rookie campaign. Um, 
as well as being pitcher of the week, I gave him rookie of the week as well. Um, and the bullpen's going to be special for years to come. You got Vasquez, Kella, Crick uh, setting up. Then you got um, obviously Santana and Rodriguez. And then if we can get Bolt figured out, and you also throw guys like Dovidas Navarazquez, maybe a Nick Birdie, maybe a Michael Feliz. The bullpen's starting to shape up pretty good for 2019. <clears throat> so let's take a look at the glove of the week. Gold glove of the week goes to Jordy Mercer. Seven total chances, six assists, one put out, and part of one double play, no errors. Uh, the Jordy Mercer era in Pittsburgh is coming to a close. These last couple games are going to be bittersweet for me watching. Uh, I don't know how many times Jordy and Josh Harrison are going to be double play partners anymore. Definitely be an emotional week in Pittsburgh coming up as it may be very well, maybe the last time we see Josh Harrison and Jordy Mercer in a Pirates uniform. They've done so much for the city. Can't thank them enough. I love watching Jordy Mercer play. And Low Kane robbed him of a homer last night. So you never know. Baseball is an interesting game. Um, and it's interesting to talk about. That's why we have a podcast like this. That's why I love doing this and talking. Pirates to you and with you. So I want to talk about some news. The last time we saw Pittsburgh Pirates out that a Gregory Polanco on a baseball field, he treated fans to one of the ugliest attempts of a slide in history. That attempt led Polanco to the shelf for the rest of the season and to surgery where he had his right shoulder operated on a couple of days ago. His surgery included uh, labor repair and this and the stabilization of his dislocated shoulder. More importantly, most surgeries to this nature require seven to nine month healing period. So Adam Berry tweeted, Pirates say Gregory Polanco's surgery included a labrum repair in addition to stabilization of his dislocated left shoulder. Typical recovery time before he returned to competition is seven to nine months, so that could affect his availability early next season. So if you are scoring at home, that would mean sometime between April and June. That's bad news for the Bucs, as Polanco, despite some lengthy struggles, put up a decent season in which he hit for a 254 average, 340 ABP, and a 499 slugging. With 23 home runs, 81 RBI, 75 runs scored, and 12 stolen bases, and 535 plate appearances. To say about Polanco, put up only a 717 OPS in his first four seasons in the, in the majors, the 2018 campaign was an encouraging one. Considering Corey Dickerson's struggles and the fact that Sterling Marte can't put things together, Polanco actually turned into the one bright spot in the outfield. He is certainly frustrating at times, but he's starting to become productive. I am in the opinion that before the injury to Polanco, the Pirates needed need to upgrade the outfield somehow in the offseason. That certainly becomes a priority now. So the way it's been throughout his career so far, you just don't know what you're going to get from Polanco. Depending on his recovery, that could be even more true next season. Gregor Polanco is inconsistent, and that's what frustrates people. Regardless of his inconsistencies, though, he's been the best player on the Pittsburgh Pirates in the 2018 season, by far. This injury is really sad because he's really starting to come into his own. I mean, he could have, if he had a hot month, 30 home runs, 100 RBIs, 95 RBIs, was not out of the question. And let's just talk about the outfield as a whole for a second. Corey Dixon has really struggled. And this is reminding me a lot of this Rays season last year. All-star in the first half sucked in the second half. What do you do about that? You can't. We can't be having first-half players. And Corey Dickerson has really just looked not like the Corey Dickerson that I know he can be. 
he has struggled mightily and his spot in the outfit has now become a question question mark. Sterling Marte, he gets super hot, but he also gets super cold. He can't put it all together for a whole season. The Pirates need outfield help, external outfield help in 2019. And I was in the opinion that we needed that external outfield help regardless before the Polanco injury because I don't think Corey Dickerson is the answer in left field anymore, guys. So if we survey the outfield market who is available, people are obviously going to scream about, oh, Bryce Harper. That's a pipe dream that will never, ever happen. So if we look, who is available in 2019, maybe on cheaper deals uh, to take over in the outfield for the Pittsburgh Pirates? We have the outfit of free agents for 2019. Obviously, there are internal options, but clearly, if we want to be a competitive team, because Polanco could be out to a mid-June, and even if he does come back, we don't know how he's going to be. So let's just take a look at some of the outfield guys that the Pirates could potentially take a look at uh, this offseason, and which Neil Huntington really does need to take a look at. If you remember, we did not even sign a major league free agent last year, so we have money to spend, especially with the trading off of David Freeze on uh, Danny Echeverria. So there is money to spend, and if we don't pick up Tory Mercer, and if we don't pick up Josh Harrison's options, uh, that just leaves us with the room to spend. So let's take a look at some of those guys and what their market value could look like. So an interesting guy that I think the Pirates should take a look at is Hunter Pence. As a fill-in guy, almost 2018 salary is $18.5 million. He's not going to get that. If the Pirates could sign maybe one year, two, three million, that'd be golden. Um, he's been right in right field. He's a natural right fielder, and I would love Hunter Pence in that spot. Some other guys in the market, just real quickly, Adam Jones, Brett Gardner, Nick Kikis, maybe even bring back Andrew McCutcheon. Think about that possibility. His market value may be a little bit too high. I see him getting 19 mil a year. So, uh, I mean, it might make sense to actually bring back Andrew McCutcheon this offseason. But we're going to all further dive into that this offseason because I want to move all over here. And I want to uh, talk about Nick Birdie. Um, so he made his major league debut against the Cardinals on, th- on Tuesday night. While the results weren't there, he showcased an upper 90s tackle and upper 80s slider. The Pittsburgh Pirates bullpen and most of their staff is pretty much set for next year. One player who is of more intrigue than any pitcher in the system competing for a spot next year is Nick Birdie. The background of Birdie is pretty well reported. High draft pick, rule five pick, has to be on the club for 60 days next year, etc. But he finally reached the major leagues. While he only lasted a third of an inning, in part because of a Colin Moran error, he did showcase some of the stuff that made the Pirates interested in him last offseason. Birdie only threw 16 pitches, 11 fastballs, and 5 sliders, but the fastball averaged 96.48 miles per hour and the slider 85.59 miles per hour, according to Brooks Baseball. That's normal for Birdie, as his scouting report for Fangraphs had an 80-80 and 70-70, for the present and future value on the fastball and slider, respectively. His below-average command, 40 um, FV, limited him to 20th in the organization with an overall future value grade of a 40. Birdie only projects as a one-way years of club control, but war is a counting statistic, and Birdie won't have the innings in terms of a defined role, 
A 40 would make Birdie a middle relief pitcher, but just a bit of improvement in command could be your 11.1% walk rate, and the minors could push Birdie to a 45 or low setup relief pitcher. Given the bullpen features a solid back end in Felipe Vasquez and Keone Kella and Kyle Crick and Edgar Santana, looking like they can hold down some later innings, Birdie and even Richard Rodriguez wouldn't need to be a complete shutdown arm to make the bullpen work. It has depth, and if Birdie lives up to potential, the Pirates bullpen has even more flexibility than give Clint Hurdle. Looking at his debut, let's start off with the good. He retired the first battery based on two pitches, showing a fastball low and away, and then the slider to get the flyout. Birdie didn't get the slider down and away enough, leading to contact, but it showed the velocity. But that's just two of Birdie's pitches. Here's what the average path out of Birdie's hand to the home plate like, using the pitch RX package and data from baseball Savant. The slider and the fastball had, on average, similar paths out of his hand in his debut. When looking at all 16 pitches, Birdie missed locations on a couple of his pitches, including on the home run. But it looks like on Tuesday, based on his average, that Birdie was able to let the 70 slider and 80 fastball follow similar trajectories, which is a good sign. But bad for Birdie was again the control, throwing nine strikes and seven balls, including a walk. So Birdie's strike zone plot he missed mostly glove slide, perhaps being amped and releasing the ball too far out in front of his body. But he also left pitches up as the error and home run were left up in the zone. The fly out to center and the one foul ball were also up. What Birdie flashed was the plus velocity and the ability to allow the pitches to look similar out of his hand. That's in his scouting report with a plus plus fastball and the plus slider. But he also showed the command problems, leaving pitches in the middle and missing glove side. That's more correctable. It was one inning, and nothing can really be taken away moving forward results-wise. But what Bernie did flash was what the scouting report showed, and that's a positive first step in your Major League debut. Guys, I like Nick Bernie. I think he can be a solid member of the Pittsburgh Pirates bullpen moving into 2019. So, on the subject of our bullpen, it's solid, as I mentioned. Keone Kella in the ninth. Wait, what am I saying? Vasquez in the ninth. Keone Kella in the eighth. Then, most likely, Kyle Cook in the seventh. And then, Edgar Santana. Those guys are the real studs. Richard Rodriguez has been a stud this year, but I don't think he has to be a stud to make this bullpen work going forward. And neither does Nick Birdie, for that matter. But Nick Birdie if he can get his command right, has stud-like stuff. And when I saw him pitching the other night, he reminded me a lot of a Tyler Glasnow type pitcher. Tyler Glasnow obviously never worked out with the Pirates, but he did help us acquire Chris Archer from the Tampa Bay Rays. I'm not saying Nick Birdie's going to be a trade champ. I'd like Nick Birdie in that bullpen if he can figure out his command. His 11.1% walk rate in the minors is bad, but that can be improved. Command can be improved. If he can improve his control, if he can improve it, he could elevate himself to a uh, a solid role in the Pittsburgh Pirates bullpen. We have to keep him on the roster for 60 days, though. You'd imagine, unless the Pirates want to give him back to the Twins, that he would be on the opening day roster for 2019. 
As I said, Nick Birdie is an 80 fastball, a 70 slider, but his future value only sits to 40. That can be improved, as I said, if he gets his command better. It's a classic case with the young pitchers nowadays. They have the stuff. They have the fastball. They just don't have the command. What does that symbolize? Does that symbolize an overarching problem in baseball? Because Nick Birdie is a classic case of all stuff, no control. If you go back to youth baseball, what are players being taught nowadays? I'm in high school. I'm a junior. And what my coach emphasizes the most out of anything is command. You can be throwing 90. You can be throwing gas. If you can't command fastball, if you can't throw a challenge fastball or a glove side fastball, if you can't command your curveball or your off-speed pitches, you're not pitching on the team. I know that's not the case in most places. And I know high school ball is mainly turned into you're in it for yourself, you're in it for the scholarship, you're in it for the draft picks. It's not the case here in Western Pennsylvania and Pittsburgh, which is nice, at least at my high school. We actually care about our team, and we actually care about winning. Now, I'm not, I'm not trying to say that Nick Birdie does not care about any of that stuff, but it's sort of what guys are bred to be. They're bred to be how much can I add five miles prior to my fastball? Can I make my slider break just a little bit more? That's where they're bred to be. They're not bred because I've been on the mound and guys swing at bad pitches. They do. And when you're young and when you're facing, especially in high school, when you're facing lackluster competition, they're going to swing at stuff. Your stuff will be good enough to get you there. What pitchers need to start realizing is that the command needs to come first. If you can command your stuff, you don't have to – if you can command your pitches, you don't have to have the elite stuff. We're starting to move away from pitchers pitching to pitchers trying to outstuff you, you know, throw that fastball by you through a nasty curveball. And that's why there are so many wild pitches nowadays. It's all max effort. Why are there so many Tommy John searches? There weren't that many in the heyday. <clears throat> and this is sort of segueing a little bit from Nick Birdie, but it's an overarching problem that I believe needs to be solved in the game of baseball. And I at least know here in my hometown that it is slowly starting to be solved. And that's what <clears throat> baseball needs to fix. And it's not a major league baseball problem. It's a youth baseball problem. And it's a problem, and unless it gets resolved, it's only going to get worse. And this year, more so than ever, I believe, and Trevor Williams is a prime example of this. You're starting to see some guys' career get resurrected, and Williams' career isn't getting resurrected. It's just getting started. But guys who pitch are starting to have success. Somebody like Richard Rodriguez, too. I hope that baseball is starting to move back to actually pitching rather than throwing, if that makes sense at all. <clears throat> baseball is at, will be at its best when it gets to that point, in my opinion. Uh, let's talk a little about Colin Moran uh, and his power. So Colin Moran's first home run as a pirate couldn't have gone any better. A grandson that for an instant quieted an upset fan base in hopes that he was the real deal. September, 
and he only has nine home runs and 16 doubles. In 2017 with AAA Fresno of the Houston Astros organization, Moran made some adjustments with his swing. He wanted to focus on launch angle and get his batted balls off the ground. It worked as he went from 10 home runs in 2016 to 18 home runs in 17. So when the Pirates traded for him, many were expecting this trend to continue in the bigs. That hasn't been the case, however. Moran's ground ball percentage is at just under 46% this season, the fourth highest on the roster. For someone who made adjustments to get more balls off the ground, it's disconcerting that his ground ball rate has gone up from AAA. Obviously, the difference between AAA pitching and Major League pitching is on a whole other level. However, Moran seemed to be making real progress. Whether he's just struggling to draw consistent swings or just flat out isn't the power hitter people expected him to be, Moran has been a letdown for a team that desperately needs power. To pour salt on the wound, Moran's ISO is 117. When Moran made the adjustments in 2017, his ISO was 235. Between 2014 and 2016, Moran's highest ISO was 153. Again, it was a lower-level pitching that he was facing. It was lower level of competition, but with that logic, you would think a true power hitter would be able to do more damage against the pitching. One way or the other, Moran has been just a player that hits for average this year and has also done a solid job of getting on base. He's hitting for 278, 336 MVP, 395 slugging. With all things considered, it's hard not to look past the very solid batting average and decent on base percentage. For a low-tier third baseman and see that 395 slugging percentage. In a league filled with corner infield power hitters, having Moran underachieve in the power department is less than ideal. I can't sit here and say it's the Pirates coaching staff that is part of the problem. But one would think the team wants his power to play a factor in games, not hitting for average. They should be able to figure out what he is doing or, in this case, isn't doing. Moran has now spent his first full season in the big leagues, and it has been a very pedestrian season. As the Pirates see him as their starting third baseman for the next few seasons, some work needs to be done this offseason to get his ball, to get his bat hitting balls in the air again. There were big expectations for Colin Moran coming over from Houston in the Garrett Cole trade. He was a guy known for a swing change, and we all thought that he could be a 20-plus home run power hitter. And after his grand slam on opening day, we were like, maybe, maybe we didn't. Maybe trading Garrett Cole wasn't that bad. And I don't think it was that bad. I like Colin Moran still. I love Joe Musgrove. I think Jason Martin will be a good outfitter one day, and Michael Felitas needs to come along a little bit. But we can't ignore the fact that Colin Moran has had a pedestrian season. And I feel like he's overrated just a little bit because of that average and because of that on-base percentage. If you don't have that, he isn't much. I mean, he's not a very good defender. Um, but, well, I shouldn't say that. He has a great arm. He's just not rangy. He's slow. He plays a corner into a spot, which is expected to have power. And really, that's been the biggest disappointment of the season. That's where I think the Pirates went wrong this year. If Josh Bell and Colin could be those 20-plus home run hitters, you never know where we could be right now. But they're not. Josh Bell's at 10 and Colin at 9. There are 19 combined home runs when we thought they should both 
be at least at 19 individually by now, but they're not. And that's really the reason for the Pirates' struggles this year. It hasn't been the pitching. The pitching has been great. It has been the offense and the lack of power. If we damage a lie for a minute, when the Pirates led the league in home runs, was that a fluke? Was that just everybody getting a hot at the same time? I don't think so. But the Pirates need to find power somewhere. They need to find power, I believe, externally through signing a major league outfield free agent, such as <clears throat> Andrew McCutcheon. Bring him back. We need a right fielder for 2019. And if Corey Dickerson struggles, we could always move Andrew McCutcheon to left field. Gregor Polanco struggles, Kutch can be the guy. That is the perfect ideal scenario for the offseason. Obviously, the fans will be clamoring for a big sign, such as a Bryce Harper, but that's not going to happen. And Colin Moran, I'm just getting back to him for a second, has the ability to hit 20 home runs, and I believe it. My belief is, is that this is a classic rookie season. He is for average, he is for OVP, and next year starts to showcase that power. If we can get that, if we can get Josh Bell going too, this team can be, this team has the potential to be a power-threatening lineup. You got guys like Moran, Bell, Dickerson, Marte, even Cervelli, maybe Diaz behind the plate for next year. We have the power potential we just need to tap into it. We need to sign a power outfit bat in the offseason. There's a lot of questions to be answered, and they're all valid questions, and they all have to be answered headed into 2019. What are the Pirates' actual intentions for next season? Because I believe it's to compete. Will that notion to compete, will the momentum from the Chris Archer trade and the Kenny Keller trade Transition of the offseason, will we continue to go in this competitive mindset? Or will we continue to go in this downhill trend that you see when the Pirates trade off at Danny Echeverria and David Fries? Are we in limbo? Are we in baseball limbo? At 72 and 74 on September 5th, 2018, 15th, where will the Pirates be at this date next year? You know what? And then best be doing everything in his power to get us to postseason next year. That's where we sit. That's where we stand. That's where we sit. And unless we can get to that point, Neil Huntington is never going to be seen as a success in Pittsburgh. The ultimate goal, the ultimate realization would be a World Series championship. We haven't won one since 1979. It will be three decades next year if we don't win. Does this team have the potential to win? Will they win? That's a question that has to be answered. Do I believe they will win? Yes. As fans, aren't we obliged to think that way? Or is it just the optimistic few fans like me? Because it feels like Pirates fans tend to be a pessimistic group of people. They don't have faith. I have faith in Colin Ryan. I have faith that his power will show up next season. I have faith in Gregory Plonka that he'll be back mid-April, maybe even earlier. I have faith in Nick Birdie will be a solid relief pitcher for the Pittsburgh Pirates. What would happen? 
We'll see. But I have faith in it. Pittsburgh Pirates take on the uh, Saint, the Milwaukee Brewers uh, for the rest of the week. And then we got the Royals during the week and the Brewers Friday. Being interesting week in Pirates baseball, if we go this week without a loss, there's a slim, 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 slim chance we could be maybe in the playoff picture. The ultimate goal for this team needs to be to finish over 500 on the season. Two games under right now with seven games to go against the Reds, Marlins, and Royals. We need to finish over that mark. I'd like to thank everybody for tuning in to another great episode of Fuck Dude. It's been fun uh, doing this with you this morning. Bit of a solid week in Pirates baseball, but hopefully by this time next week, we will be uh, – how many games we got? Two plus three. So hopefully we'll be 78 and 74 the next time we talk. Break our 2017 uh, – win record, and uh, head forward into the final couple weeks of 2018. Man, the season has gone fast. Hope you guys all have a great week. I know Hurricane Florence is coming down. Actually, we're supposed to get hit on Monday. So if you're of any part of the area that was affected by Hurricane Florence, my prayers are going out to you. I'm thinking about you, hoping for nothing but the best. Um, yeah, so just stay safe. Uh, Monday, there's going to be torrential downpours in Pittsburgh. Uh, maybe we might not get the Royals game in. Maybe we see another double header. So be interesting. Um, yeah, it will be. Benson Fetcher, please give me and my co-host a follow on Instagram. Jared is at Pirates.Strong, and I am at Bucks Dugout. Have a great week, everybody. We'll see you uh, probably around this time again next Saturday, as always. And we will continue to do this, even if we don't make the playoffs. Uh, let's go, Bucks. it is ryan here and i have a question for you what do you do when you win like are you a fist pumper a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli. I guess. Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.